0: Elizabeth!
1: No, Elizabeth! No, Elizabeth, don't! (laughs) This is Left Unsupervised
0: with Elizabeth Morales, your comedic host that's done it all. Actress, writer, director, producer, headdresser, bartender, beauty picture organizer, rock and roll PR expert, talent coordinator, bookkeeper, hostess, makeup artist, wife, mother, and general badass. Now listen as she interviews all of her favorite celebrities, doctors, and entrepreneurs that she's met along the way. This week, Elizabeth is left unsupervised with her guest, Elizabeth and Dana. So, Dana, here we are. We finished a beauty month. Woo! God, Uh, I learned so much in that beauty month.
1: I really did, too. I, man, the amount of tips and tricks that we got over that month is out of control. Out of control and listen,
0: you know, I'm all about women supporting women, but you know, I do I do feel like I need some testosterone in the studio. And we have
1: some boys coming up next couple of episodes, so stay tuned. Really cool, interesting. People were taking, you know, obviously a break from beauty. I think you and I and all of you have had enough <laughs> for right now. <laughs> Well, it's been great.
0: You know, I mean, I'm all about beauty treatments and I'm glad we had that month of beauty. But, you know, season three came out hard with beauty. And now, you know, now we're going to get some testosterone in the in the studio, which, you know, I sometimes feel like I bring the testosterone. But, you know, you, <laughs> like, like out of the two of us, it's definitely you.
1: <laughs> so I'm like
0: some real testosterone.
1: <laughs> yeah, so. definitely. And boys are fun. They are. <laughs> I like
0: it. I love the energy. So and I love my girls, too, though, you know.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know. I just had a birthday pass and my friends made me feel. Happy birthday. Thank you. Twenty nine. Oh, my God. You're such a baby. I know this baby got eye cream and a mouth guard and and a Marshall's gift card. (laughs) Oh, my God. Hey, listen,
0: you got to start early. So eye cream. Yeah. Eye cream,
1: retinol. Um, sunblock,
0: sunblock, sunblock. Sunblock,
1: sunblock, sunblock. Yeah. And I need to do my roots because my grays are coming in hot. Oh, you have grays at 29? I have grays at 19. Oh, my God. I know. Wow. Definitely. But my friends made me feel so great.
0: Well, I think having, you know, girlfriends, the supportive of girlfriends is really key. I mean, it's really important, at least to me, maybe not all girls are the same, but I love to have my girlfriends that are, you know, super supportive. And I feel like Girls are very competitive with each other. So it's kind of hard to find real good girlfriends. And once you do, you got to, like, stick together. Yeah.
1: Do you have uh, any rituals with, like, your close like tribe of girlfriends things that when you guys get together you're always doing with each other yeah well I have a
0: a group of girls that we go out to dinner and you know we have wine and we just talk about like what's going on and how we can help each other so that's kind of really really cool like it's it's four of us and we call ourselves sane because it's like the initial of all of us a sane squad and I think it's really cool that we sit there and we talk about great things and without overanalyzing but they're like like... <laughs> okay, so what are you working on? What do you need? How do we make it happen? And we help each other. If one gets sick, everybody's there calling, making sure they're okay. And it's a safe space, which is really hard to find. I would say, especially in LA, but not really, just anywhere, Some somebody that you can trust and that you feel is like super supportive. Like I said, I feel like a lot of women, and I think that's changing now, are very competitive with each other and comparing each other a lot.
1: So did this group of uh, women meet, each other recently have you guys known each other for years and years what is kind of the origin of this group
0: okay so I have like two different groups I have my Florida girls that have been my girlfriends for so many years I don't even want to say and they're like sisters or my family so I don't have access to them all the time and then I have my LA core group of women and through a women empowerment group I met this group of women and I call one of the girls um, Mother Earth because she's just so grounding and just so um they're new i would say uh maybe about a year or two and then i have my florida group which have been family so i have both i have the east coast and the west coast kind of my tribe what about you
1: i'm as far as my friends go i've i've been the luckiest and not just uh like my friends in general specifically like a lot of my female friends are really incredible one of my best friends her name is elizabeth she is my hero i look at her as like this grounding force in my life i think that she is oh my god i'm getting te- talking about her i'm like crying a little bit oh that's uh, awesome i but love that's her important to have i love her so much she's like family to me she's been incredible um i like i i am very in a place of being very touched by how supportive and incredible my girlfriends are are they new girlfriends or these are
0: friendships like i feel like it's good to have both like I was just like, oh, you know, I don't need any more friends. I have like – but then if I would have not been open, I wouldn't have met this other group of girls, too, that are soul sisters like my other group of girlfriends. So – I kind of like having new friends and my, my family – I say my, my family friends that I've loved and were super tight and know everything about me.
1: Definitely. I, Elizabeth I'll have known for 11 years at the end of this month. Okay. So she's – She's my ride or die. Yeah. That's my main bitch. Like she has been <laughs> there for me when I – Something that made me so happy that happened over my birthday was I got way too drunk and had to leave my own birthday party. But <laughs> Elizabeth, my friend of 11 years, and my friends Liz, Nicole, Marissa. I have a lot of good Elizabeths in my life now that i that. Oh, that's I'm, good. That that. Hey, I love uh, that name, by the all, way. <laughs> they all kept hanging out, even though I had to be carted home. Oh, and that's it, good. Right? And it hey, made me really happy. Cart you home. Yeah, I, it was great, but it made me really happy to know that they also connected with each other, because they are all such amazing people. But my my girlfriends are really special and really great.
0: Yeah, it's important, and you know, how lucky for us, because there's people that go a lifetime and don't have a real friend. I feel like I have literally a tribe of, and and I reciprocate that, too, because there is a lot of friendships that you give, 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 and I call them the energy vampires. I've had friendships that I've had to end, and I'm talking about friendships that were 20 years plus, and if you
1: grow and they don't, there, there becomes like
0: this weird thing.
1: Do you ever feel Because I, I had an energy vampire in my life a few years ago, and I had to really cut the cord, and it's funny because I get this perspective on the world where you're basically told like it's not you it's them right but this person it was really them and I really needed to (laughs) cut them out yeah Uh, because I find and I'm sure you uh, will be able to articulate more on this when you are an empath and people can get abusive with it when they know that you will respond and you will be there for them and you will show up it, there can come a point where it becomes abusive where you have gone way too far. It is not okay to constantly be going to this person with every little thing and always me. I call it being and... somebody's dumping ground.
0: I don't want to be your dumping ground. I don't want to have that kind of friendship. A lot of times I continue to friendship because it's been so many years we've been friends, right? And I do quotation marks. But that shouldn't be why you stay In a friendship or in any type of relationship and i found that i was spending so much time particularly with this one person where if i was going out and i didn't invite them i couldn't post and because they would get really upset and then i would have to hear the wrath of why didn't i get invited and it was like this constant victimization of her life and i was constantly the dumping ground and I realized I don't want to be your therapist. I, I want to be your friend and we're here to support each other, but I, I don't want to be your dumping ground. And I realized that when I terminated that friendship, I was spending so much energy like, oh, I can't post this. And if I don't invite her to this and and she's going to get mad if I don't, you know, it just became. And then when I ended that friendship, it was so Liberating. I didn't realize how much time I spend doing all this stuff and song and dance and and nothing made it better, you know.
1: Because you gotta help, you gotta work on yourself. Nobody can, you know. The amount of times that I should have just looked at this person and gone, "You have to go to therapy," and I can't be that person. Like I can't be that. I would wake up early in the morning, sometimes stressed about what was yes. going on in this person's life. It's crazy. And I had plenty to be stressed about. <laughs> (laughs) You got your own stuff to handle, you know, but but listen, I'm not a
0: therapist, you know, and so I tried to help this person and I try to tell them, listen, you know, you need to go talk to somebody. I am not qualified. But there's also something that if you're growing and you're doing everything you can to better and deal with your own demons, because we all have our demons. Right. So you're trying everything in your power to deal with your demons, to better your life, to be creative. For me, I have to be creative. It's my outlet. And then you have somebody that is not and is just wants to complain and be a victim of life. That to me is like there's no growth. And so I think that friendships sometimes end because one person grows and the other person doesn't and can't handle it, you know. And so for me, I've tried to eliminate the energy vampires and I now straight out, If I have a girlfriend that's calling me every day with the same drama that she's had for years, I'm like, girl, I can't do it. Um, I can't be your dumping ground.
1: Can I talk Brene Brown? Can I geek out for just a second? (laughs) Do it, girl. Uh, I've been watching uh, Call to Courage a lot lately because I find that, like, any good piece of art— the What is Call to Courage? A Call to Courage is, if you haven't watched it, it's her Netflix special. If you haven't watched her talk on vulnerability, shame— So Call to Courage talks about vulnerability and the importance of vulnerability. She talks about only taking opinions from other people that are in the arena. And I find that energy vampires tend to be highly critical of themselves as well as other people around them. But sometimes in their criticism of themselves, I will take that on as my own. Right. I've tried to be better about it myself after watching this, which I don't think was her point necessarily, but- Often people who are not in the arena will offer advice or criticism and things and to not take those opinions. And I find that that's what a big energy vampire symptom is, is is that quality of people that are not putting themselves out there the way that you are. Right. And it's also a mirror
0: of themselves. So, you know, of things they feel threatened if you grow. And really what you want your friends are to be like, you know, like when my, my friends succeed in something. I feel like that success is part of, you know, like, oh, my God, let's celebrate it. Let's let's what can I do? I'm going to repost. I'm going to talk about it. You know, I want to be there for them. And I think life has taught me a lot about friendships. And I was always the one that I felt like I had to be there for everybody all the time in order to be likable. And I think that You know, you get to a point in your life that you're like, hey, I need to like work on myself instead of spending all this energy trying to help and fix everybody else when
1: I'm like broken, too. You know, I need to work on myself. I have some true cheerleader fatigue right now. I... I love the people in my life. It doesn't take away how happy I I am for them.
0: Cheerleader fatigue. True
1: cheerleader. I'm just Mm -hmm. picture me with pom poms on like the side of the road, just like, You got it. But with this cheerleader fatigue has also come this very vulnerable thing for me, which is me asking the people in my life to still love me and care about me when I'm not over the top caring. Right. When I'm not the one that's gonna check in with you all the time and be the one that's reposting your thing and talk. Talking about you at parties and always being that person I am it's very vulnerable and scary for me to ask hey still keep me in the place in my life that you are without me being this over-the-top, smothering with, like, kindness and love kind of person. But it is scary for me to say, like, please love me, care about me, have me be your friend without this because I'm going to be taking this away But that's a, But that's okay. The, I
0: mean, the fact that you even know that about yourself, and I I can relate. I used to have to be there for everybody all the time or I was not being a good friend. And it's okay to, to. I always say relate relationships are not 50-50. Sometimes they're 70-30. Sometimes they're, you know, 80-20. Sometimes they're 50-50. So as long as you're getting from a friendship and you're not that person's psychologist or that person's cheerleader all the time, and it's not being reciprocated, then, you know, that's where I find energy, that energy vampire. And so I think when you grow, you kind of start going, okay, well, what is going to serve me? And without doing the woo talk, how much time am I really spending being somebody's cheerleader when I have stuff that I got to work on myself? And so I think that's the balance is finding those friends that – that that know and they're there for you
1: yeah and it's been wild how supportive people are it was a scarier thing for me to admit to people and be like hey this is just where i'm at and people have been my friends have been wildly supportive incredibly supportive i recently um i cut out drinking for uh 30 days and my friends have been very supportive yeah
0: yeah it's people it's it's i've been doing the same thing i didn't even know that yeah
1: it's you and I why? have done this before, where we've been doing the same thing and not, not know talked it. about it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So why are you doing it? I'll tell you why I'm doing it. Why are you? Why did you decide to not drink I, for 30 days?
1: I had a couple of big reasons. One is that the recovery from a couple of drinks, where I'm at right now physically and mentally, right, is I have a seven-day recovery because I—
0: <laughs> It doesn't get better as you get older. Oh,
1: <laughs> f- fuck. If I, I used to need a bagel and an iced coffee, and I was ready to go again. For I me, mean, it was Jack in the Box Monster Taco, and yeah. I'm ready to go. Yes. That it. it What a simpler time. (laughs) But now I have two days of physical recovery where I'm just off. I'm like not sleeping right. I'm not (laughs) hydrated. I'm too hydrated. I feel sick. I want a slice of pizza. You want junk food. Yeah. And I smoke a shit ton of pot because it's all I could do to even out right and then I'm sad for like five days which is something that never used to happen I was never sad for five days but I well, alcohol is a depressant really. yes yeah. and somebody once said to me and I never forgot it I'm just only now implementing it <laughs> but you borrow happiness from the next day when you drink oh, so like you're taking some of that happiness and I basically every time I I drink I, I'm taking up a week of my life in a in a way yeah. I, I'm so functional. Like, I'm still doing stuff, but well, I'm just yeah. not myself, and I don't feel as good, and I don't want to go to yoga, and I don't want to meditate or read or do anything besides smoke pot, eat junk food, go to work, and go through the motions. Right. Well, I think
0: you'll find that you're going to have a lot more clarity and energy. I've been doing it, too. Me, it's been because of health reasons. I mean, I haven't talked about it on air. Now, eventually, when I'm really ready to dive in, but for the past nine, ten months almost, I've been in and out of the hospital, and they've been trying to figure out what's going on. I wasn't a big drinker anyway, but now I've been forced to not drink at all, and I got to tell you, it's really been... Like my body feels different. And also for me, I have three drinks is my maximum. That's like I am loaded at three drinks. And it'll take me two to three days or a week to recover. So my maximum I try to keep at two, which I haven't even done for so long now. And it feels good, but I cannot lie. I am ready when the doctor gives me the go-ahead. I'm, like, kind of looking forward to having, like, moderately have my one martini or my glass of wine. But I think it's interesting, too. I don't know if you've noticed. When you don't drink, and I saw this with my girlfriend when she was going through. She was doing a body competition, and she wasn't drinking. She was eating, like, really clean. She had to have her meals prepped. And people get really weird when you go out with them and you don't drink. They're like why? You know, they start interrogating like why? And they're like, well, we'll just have one drink or they don't want to go out with you because you can't drink. And I'm not talking about my close friends, but just like acquaintances, and people kind of get a little bit uh, weird unless you're like saying, oh, I'm an alcoholic and I can't drink. Then that's acceptable. But I think, what are you? what's your experience?
1: Uh, I, have, I think I have two different kind of experiences based on different groups of friends. I find that the people who are in my life that are creative, comedy type are very – it doesn't even phase, phase them that right. you're not having a drink. A lot of people don't drink. A lot of It's just very career-focused millennials. It's not good or bad if you do or don't. It kind of flies under the radar. I find that my close friends or acquaintances that are more in the party-type brain mentality right. – right. although I will say I have a DUI, so if I drove somewhere – that tends to be my get out of jail free card, where people are like, "Oh yeah, you can't." <laughs> You're like, I'm like, "Yeah, no, I drove, so I can't even have a sip. I'm just gonna have a coke." So that eliminates that eliminates the conversation all. all around. It does stop the conversation. But if I was to dare be like, you know, I'm really trying to be clean for be thirty days. For thirty days, just to you know, see if I like it, or see if it makes a difference, or if I could save a little money, clear up my skin. Where are you going, <laughs> sir? I thought you were. Interested,
0: <laughs> yeah. It's it's interesting, you know, and and it's interesting for me too. I've learned a lot about myself. I like there's certain like last yesterday we went to Santa Barbara and we were having seafood, and oh my god, just seafood, shellfish, and Bloody Marys are married. They're supposed to go together, so. I was sitting there and I told Mike, oh my God, I never think about like, oh, I can't drink right now because I've been concentrating more on just getting healthy. But I was triggered. It's so funny. I like certain things can trigger you. Yeah, all I could see was a sea of Bloody Marys in the restaurant. I didn't notice anything else. But oh, look, she's having a blood. Ooh, that looks good. She's having a. Bl- oh, he's having a Bloody Mary. <laughs> Sounds you know? like
1: you were in a weird fun house. I was. Just, it was so weird. I don't like Bloody Marys. I never have. <gasps> Oh, my God. I like a michelada. I love a michelada. But I hate vodka. So they've never... You know what I want, though, is I want all the snacks that come in the Bloody Mary. (laughs) Oh, my God. I went to this place and put a
0: a cheeseburger slider on the Bloody Mary. Yeah,
1: correct. That is crazy. That's correct. That's what a drink should come with. I think... (laughs) I should be able to order an Aperol spritz and it should come with a tiny cheeseburger.
0: Yeah, but if the bread's wet, it's just too disgusting. I can't have soggy bread. It's like a weird thing I have.
1: I'm an animal, I'll eat anything. <laughs> now Aiden does
0: that. He's like, oh, I can't eat this. I go, why? It's like, the steam from the the steam from the hot whatever made the bun kind of moist. And he's like it grosses him out, and I'm like, and Mike's like, oh my god, both of you together, and I'm like, I understand you. I'll get you another bun. You, know?
1: <laughs> you are seen. You are heard. You are my son. Yes. Speaking of uh, eating stuff, I have been on a real croquetta kick lately. Oh,
0: uh, you're speaking my language.
1: Oh my God. I've been waking okay. up on Sundays getting Cuban coffee and croquettas. And you it's mean uh, amazing? Cuban crack? Cuban crack. You should have seen me at Target. <laughs> I was moving at at an alarming pace. Oh, my
0: God. You're not a Cuban if you don't have that special coffee pot in your house with some café bustelo. (laughs) And let me tell you, I used to live on that. I used to work at a bank when I lived in Florida. And I worked for the guy that gave out the loans, the loan official. And so in in Miami, it's just a custom where they bring those little styrofoam cups with little shot glasses. And so every time one of his new clients would come, they would bring a shot. So I would be on that shit all day long. I can't even imagine doing that. This is probably why I created stomach issues and grew another pancreas in my
1: stomach. That, um, (laughs) you know, the machine that like counts the money super fast. Yes. I picture you just doing that without the machine. (laughs)
0: Oh, my God. So the other day, my gardener's out there and and he's like, I could tell he was dragging ass. And so I'm like, hey, Antonio, you want some Cuban coffee or do you want American coffee? He's like, no, let me have some of that Cuban coffee. Girl, I make it good. I do that little foam, the sugar foam on top. And so I made it for him and then I felt bad for his worker. So I'm like, I asked him if he wanted some too. He's like, yeah, sure. So the next week they come, they both drank their coffee. The next week they come and I go, hey, Antonio, you want some Cuban coffee? And he's like, uh, not really, but I'll take some American coffee. And I go, well, what about your worker? And he's like, well, he thought last week he was having a heart attack after the Cuban coffee. So he
1: doesn't want to drink any more coffee. It's it's. <laughs> Very serious coffee, because I thought a cold brew and a Cuban coffee can't be that different. But, oh, yeah, oh, it's different. Shit. It's like Turkish
0: coffee. It's like mud. Yeah. It's
1: so mm. good. There's a great episode of, I think, Courtney and Chloe Take Miami. They're critically acclaimed oh. <laughs> Emmy-winning series, Courtney and Chloe Take Miami, where Courtney, or no, Chloe gets into Cuban coffee, and
0: oh, my God. it's it's
1: the perfect... It's exactly the process that you go through with it. It's you try it, you instantly get addicted. You the rush is too much. The rush, but then you have the things that go with it.
0: You have the croquetas, and you have the pastelitos, and the guava and cheese.
1: Mm. Oh my god! I, I want Portos. Uh, portos. Portos is it's so well lit. It's like dreamy in there. It's so
0: clean. Like so I, clean. So the, I know the story that, that the owner. He moved out here from Miami. And he had a little teeny hole-in-the-wall place. And then it would get packed. So he had to expand and expand and expand. And now he's got these, what, at two or three places that are huge. And there's still lines going out the door.
1: I had a, My cousin Jenna was in town a few months ago. And I really wanted her to have it. But I know how long the lines go. So I got up at 6.45 in the oh morning my God. to be there at 7.
0: <laughs> Dana, you wouldn't get up at 6.45 to go to the gym, would you?
1: No, absolutely <laughs> fucking not. There's not a parallel universe <laughs> yeah. that exists. I'm very into... Lips- dist- String theory, I. There is not a universe or a dimension that exists where I'm getting up at 6:45 to go to the gym, but I will get up. You give me Oh, not only that, the line was still out the door. I waited the entire time, and when I got up there, they were already sold out of the chicken croquettes. I was like, how fucking early do I have to get up to avoid this? But it doesn't exist at that place, so you you have to wait in the line. You have to have some
0: Cuban coffee before you go.
1: If you'd like to sponsor us, let us skip the line. I will truly talk about this every episode.
0: I'll have it with every meal. Oh my god, it's so del- and I love Cuban bread. Um oh my- I just it portos reminds me of a little piece of home. I miss the food in Florida. But it's funny cuz you know, I'm Cuban. Every time somebody knows that I am Cuban, they have to do a line from Scarface. And it's usually, you know, something like "Say hello to my little friend." You know, and they and and it's always or they think I'm like smoking cigars sitting at home just which I fancy myself a a cigar smoker every now and a blue moon i do enjoy a cigar but it's just funny little do they know that every cuban has a machete i have my grandfather's machete i didn't
1: know, i did not know every cuban <laughs> had so, a machete they, they had
0: this thing with machetes it's really weird but i don't know like my grandfather had a machete like i was talking to my girlfriend the other day and she's like oh yeah i got the machete under the under the bed so she has the actual machete. Is it between the box spring and the mattress? So the handle's out. So and I'm like, well, what are you gonna do with the machete if, you know, somebody comes a blazing in with a gun? And she's like, I don't know, I'll chop chop them up and that's something, you know, I'll get my way. But yeah, I have my grandfather's machete. It's really weird. But Mike's like, What's up with Fucking that? Fucking what? I've yeah. never <laughs> <laughs> I've never, never heard, heard of, of this. machete, but that's Mexican. But yeah, that Cubans, I don't know. I could be wrong. If you're Cuban, let me know if you
1: have a machete. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you know what? If you're Cuban, (laughs) let all of us know if you have a machete. I can't think of a single cultural equivalent. Wait, I need to look this up.
0: I am going to look online right now. If there's something funny, there's this uh, Cuban girl. I can't remember her name right now, but she does um, all these funny things about skits. Is Is it
1: Jenny Lorenzo? Jenny Lorenzo. I love, I think she's hysterical. She's so funny. I love, even, I'm not Cuban, but I can always identify, I'm sure like the same way that people did with like my big fat Greek wedding is you see your own family and things and i I think she's so funny, look historic Cuban machete. I'm not lying. I didn't think you were. <laughs> I was just really taken aback. like I was with you for like coffee and croquetas, and then you hit me with this. Also, so. I picture very small, like, Abuela, uh, how do I, Abuela?
0: Abuela. Abuela. Just... With her machete. Oh, abuela yeah. machete. No kidding. All like... hopped up on
1: coffee.
0: <laughs> Dangerous. With a machete in one hand, croqueta in the other, and the coffee, if you mess with her, that little Cuban old Abuela will slice you up.
1: Speaking of Abuela and croquetas, what... What's that process like?
0: Well, I don't know, but I remember my grandmother used to make them, and she would make, because I kind of grew up with my grandmother, and she would make all day long. She even made this, you remember those big oil cans that that were like tin? She actually would take a hammer, she'd make her own shredder, and she would be shredding and smashing potatoes. It was like an all-day process, but then she would make mounds of croquetas, and that's all I would eat until they were gone. And they were so – I've never had them like my grandmother made them.
1: Oh, well, I miss you. Oh, that's – oh, man. Those have to be out of It's control. all day. It's not an easy process. I think, yeah, every culture has that all-day process yeah. food. And I think – that sounds like that's your Sunday gravy is the croquetta. I wish I could eat that shit every day. That the the potato balls all but
0: it's, you know, it's all really fattening. Like that's the thing. I wish they could do like a low fat
1: version of I don't want you know. a low fat version. I it, honestly the only thing stopping me from eating it every day and I mean it's this, a- Mr. <laughs> Porto's, is the fucking line around that place. That's the only thing that's keeping me from having that food every day is that the line and because of the line, the parking is oh, the so bad. the parking,
0: yeah. Is, is, but it's worth it. You know, even their pastries are delicious. Their so. pastries
1: are. One of my favorite things about waiting tables in L.A., not far from a Porto's, is sometimes when people come in for a birthday party, they'll bring in a big Porto's box. And if I'm waiting at the table <laughs> and you should always offer your <laughs> server a piece of cake, always, it's just a nice gesture Oh my god! And when that somebody might at the end of the meal be like, while well, they're cutting up the cake, and I'll be like, I waived the fee for you.
0: Oh my god! Give yes. me a
1: piece of that cake. Get
0: put it in my belly. That's
1: all I. The, the whole staff, when we see that big yellow box come in, we're like foxes, just waiting. I think
0: everybody, it's so bizarre to me because I remember once there was a girl in the mall, and she was going through the mall with a box of portos because you know it's like
1: very. You know, it's iconic if you live in LA, you know that you know, box. Yeah, and everybody was like, Is
0: there a Portos here? Is there a Portos? She's like, No, she was so frustrated because everybody was stopping her to ask her. And I thought it was, it was, you know, really funny. And it's funny because in Miami, there's a bakery, no lie, every 200 feet and that good, like just unbelievable. So when I go to back to Miami, guaranteed I'm going to come back with some LBs back on because I pig out. It's so good, it's so good.
1: I, I mean, it's the same when I go to New York. I I want all the rainbow cookies. I want all the black and white cookies. I want all the egg rolls, the pizza, oh the, my God. everything. The
0: best Italian food is in New York. Yeah, and Chinese food is in uh, San Francisco. Though I got to say, is like uh, okay.
1: I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it. I think New York is <laughs> well out of control.
0: Yeah. Oh God, now. Freaking hungry, Dana! Now you got to call your girlfriends. <laughs> oh, they support God. you, and they want you to be happy,
1: <laughs> and they'll go get they'll go get food with you.
0: Well, on that note, uh, I think maybe uh, we should take a little ride over to Portos and make that
1: forty five minute line. Should we head on over there? Honestly, Mister, Por- I need we, a little Cuban can...
0: coffee. Oh,
1: interview people in line. We'll make it worth your while. Because <laughs> I could definitely use a little Cuban coffee right now.
0: Well, I'm super excited about. Um, this this week coming up and um our guests coming up and uh I'm really excited. I'm glad we got to talk today. We didn't have a guest today, but it's it's kind of nice because we're catching up because like although you might think that me and Dane are together all the time, we barely see each other. It's just kind of when we're recording or we're talking or creating or whatever. So it's kind of nice to have a one-on-one sometimes and just, you know, catch yeah. up.
1: It's always nice to have like another, uh, you know, just another person that's like here to root for you, cheer you on. And I think the best kind of creative relationships are the ones that you don't. Don't need to be together all the time. You can kind of take some time apart and enjoy your life and then come back together and celebrate Absolutely. all that.
0: Absolutely. I agree. All right, guys. Well, we will catch you next week. Thanks for listening to Left Unsupervised. Don't forget to stalk us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Left Unsupervised Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening.